From APM American Public Media, this is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. And I'm Emily Hanford. Today we're going to take you to a kindergarten class in Queechee, Vermont. I need help zipping my coat off. It is a cold spring day and the kids are getting ready to go outside. But they're not going out for the typical 20-minute recess. They're going to spend pretty much their entire school day out in the woods next to the school. Ready to move along? Let's go, everybody. That's Paul Sadowski. He's one of the leaders of what has come to be known at this school as Forest Monday. Forest Monday is pretty much kindergarten all day in the forest with all kinds of learning just outside and not in. The first thing kids learn on this Monday is how to make their way up a hill in the woods that's covered with icy snow. There's lots of slipping and sliding, kids grabbing each other's hands, pulling their classmates up when they fall down. It's pretty treacherous for the adults, too. Whoops. (laughs) It's kind of hard. That's Emily almost falling on her face. Yeah, you weren't there, Stephen. You would not have done much better, I promise you. You're right, I wasn't there. So now I get to ask, what were you doing in the woods with these kids? What is Forest Monday all about? Forest Monday was inspired by the forest schools movement in Europe. Forest schools can take many forms, from just one day a week in the woods like these kids do, to schools where there are no buildings. All day, every day, is outdoors. These schools serve mostly younger children, four to seven-year-olds, but there are some forest school programs that serve older students, too. In fact, we found a sixth grade here in the United States that was inspired by this forest kindergarten, and now they spend one day a week in the woods. Emily is going to take us to that sixth grade class later in the podcast, but first... The story of why teachers in Quichi wanted to take their kindergartners into the forest in the first place, and what the kids and the teachers are learning from the experience. Emily has the story. In some ways, this story starts seven years ago, when Amos Kornfeld was hired as the principal of the Ottaquichi School. When I came here, it was interesting because we had this great computer lab, and we were just getting every classroom with smart boards, so there was a fairly big push for Modern technology, I'll call it. But every time he looked out the window at the seven acres of woods and fields surrounding the school, he thought, what about that? Why aren't we using that resource more? Fast forward a few years, and a woman he knows told him about a documentary film called Schools Out. It's the story of a forest kindergarten in Switzerland. He invited his staff to stay after school one day to watch it. And after the video ended, I said, oh, I would do that in a heartbeat, thinking that's a pipe dream. We're in a public school in America. That's not going to happen. That's kindergarten teacher Eliza Minucci. What she liked most about the film is how happy the kids looked out in the woods. But happy is not necessarily the goal of school these days. It's all about academic growth and good test scores, even in kindergarten. I couldn't imagine that something that I was not seeing done in public schools could be done. But a few weeks later, the principal called her into his office and told her she could try it. So she did. This is my Welcome. This is what? This is my Welcome. Oh, thank you. That's a kindergartner named Riley welcoming me to his sit spot. Once the kids have made it up the icy slope to the clearing in the woods they call their home base, they all disperse to different spots in the forest, under a tree, next to a rock, on top of an old log. These are their designated sit spots, and every forest Monday begins with kids spending about 10 minutes alone in their sit spot. At first, they're allowed to play quietly by themselves, throwing rocks or digging with sticks. But when the teacher hoots like an owl, 
they all have to sit still and be quiet. Their task is to notice what's changed in nature since last week. I ask a boy named Bill, who's sitting on a log, sipping from a carton of milk. And so what do you do in your sit spot, besides drink milk? Hmm, think about what's different. What are you noticing what's different? It just snows more crunchier. Last week the snow was kind of softer? Yes. Lots of kids are noticing the crunchier snow. A few days ago, it was close to 60 degrees, but then it got cold and everything iced up. Today, it's just above freezing, and the snow is starting to melt again. Here's what Orion notices about that while he's in his sit spot. What are you noticing is different in nature this week? Um, there's more moisture in the air. There's more what? Moisture in the air. Moisture in the air, yes. With that, Orion picks up a rock and starts banging it on the ground. It seems he's had enough quiet time for now. And lucky for him, playtime is next. One group of kids is playing Transformers. Another group is pretending to be hunters. There's lots of running and yelling, but quiet play too. Two girls are playing a game of fox and mouse trying to figure out how they can be friends since foxes eat mice. And down by the stream, kids are working together to build a dam. Can't roll it. We can roll it. Two boys are trying to figure out how to move a log onto the dam that they're building. Teacher Eliza Minucci is standing about 20 feet away, watching them work. As you're watching these kids, what are you seeing in terms of what you want, what you were thinking about? Uh, I see some amazing uh, grit, which is a word people talk about a lot now. Uh, There was just a boy who was trying to bring a tree about five inches in diameter that was a downed, somewhat rotten tree. And he figured out how to roll it. He saw he could get leverage with one of the branches. Then he noticed it was going to run into a tall pine, and he broke off the branches that were in the way. Um, You know, we're supposed to study force and motion and talk about words of place and position in kindergarten. Um, We're supposed to work on inquiry in science and having um, having ideas and testing them. Um, there are kids talking to each other, making plans about how to work on the dam together. We're supposed to have kids, uh, you know, from the Common Core having conversations and having multiple turn conversations with each other. And that's all happening. And it's really authentic. It comes from the kids. I'm not having to set up much. This whole environment is right here. And, uh, they... The kids make it happen, and it becomes very real for them. And it's, it's, I'm loving, I love watching the kids out here. Come on, guys. Build a dam. Minucci says kids learn all kinds of things out here, things that are directly relevant to their schoolwork, like force and motion, but also the self-regulation skills that are extremely important for kids to develop into successful adults. Right now I'm watching a kid sit in a stream. It's 33 degrees out. He's in snow pants. He's sitting in water. (laughs) His mittens are in the water. And he's 
going to figure out whether that becomes uncomfortable or not. <laughs> and he's going to learn these lessons right now. He it could not be bothered. He's filling the dam with with um, sticks and happy as can be. And this is a place where he can learn these lessons, learn to take care of himself and learn what bothers him or not. I don't need to make a rule for him. He's he's going to figure that out. What do we use this stick for? Good luck, guys. There are very few rules. Take care of yourself, take care of others, don't wander too far away. That's pretty much it. Are you ready to write another word? Take a picture of it. We're going to make the word is. 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 That's like a sight word. This was one of our sight is. words. It's not all free play out here in the forest. Kids visit various learning stations. Here they're using sticks to form letters and write words. Making an S out of sticks turns out to be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I'm going to get some Kirby sticks. I don't know if there are any Kirby sticks. We might have to make it with straight lines. The teacher here is Erica Wetzel. She's actually the teacher of record right now for this kindergarten class because Eliza Minucci recently had a baby. She's taking a day off from her maternity leave to visit her class in the forest today. Let's get the There's walk. a bunch of logs over here. Okay, now, hang on. These kids are at another one of the learning stations. They're building a small log cabin with Paul Sadowski, who you met earlier. Sadowski's a retired teacher who was hired, with the help of a grant, to help out on Forest Mondays. What he notices is how excited the kids are to get into the woods. When we go out, they're anxious to go out, and they are just more free. And I think they ultimately think harder and learn more. Elijah, you want to try? The kids have helped to build all kinds of things out here at their home site. There's a lean-to where they put their lunch boxes. There's a fire pit, and there's a latrine. It's a bucket with a bunch of logs around it to provide privacy. And this is my other favorite thing, and this was completely exclusively child-directed and built. This is Meg Teachout. She's the person who did Paul Sadowski's job last year. But amazingly, she and teacher Eliza Minucci got pregnant at the same time with the exact same due date. And now she's on maternity leave, too. But she's also come back to visit. And what she's pointing to is a large fort built entirely by the children. And, like, if you can imagine that none of these sticks were here a year ago, and, like, a bunch of five-year-olds constructed this entire thing. It's a pretty impressive structure with walls and a roof and even a little tunnel inside. What's this? What's this? What do you like the most about Forest Monday? This is a boy named Jacob. Um, that we get to... We get to um, play, and we don't have to um, stay seated forever. They do eventually come sit around the fire for a snack. Today's snack is grilled vegetables that some of the kids helped cook over the fire. Which one should I try first? I don't know. The mushroom? This is yummy. The kids are eating zucchini, onion, and portobello mushrooms. I'm going to repeat that. Five- and six-year-olds are eating zucchini, onions, and mushrooms. The mushrooms seem to be the favorite. They try any and every type of food that we put in front of them. Even if it looks a little bit funky, they're not quite sure what it is, they'll at least try it. The kids have had steak, pancakes, plantains, grilled cheese, venison, and popcorn, all of it cooked over the fire. 
And it's not that this happens to be a group of adventurous eaters. Teachers say plenty of these kids are picky eaters the other days of the week. But being in the forest seems to open them up to all kinds of new experiences. Outside offers so much. It is sort of the deepest and widest environment for learning that we have. This is teacher Eliza Minucci again. In a classroom, we chunk things down really small. And out there, there is every aspect of a topic to work on. So there are kids in kindergarten who are still learning their colors, and we can do that outside. There are kids in kindergarten who want to know why we see different colors, and we can talk about sunlight, and we can talk about chlorophyll, and we can get to the nth level of deepness. We can go well beyond what I'm comfortable talking about. And if there are kids who are asking, we can research. We can use nonfiction text to help us get that deep. But I don't have to go out there and set up, okay, here's the color station for someone who's working on remembering red and orange and yellow. And here is where there are going to be kids that are using microscopes to look at leaves. It's all there. I don't have to chop up the leaves and put them on slides and bring them in the classroom. There is every level available out there. Minucci says when she started this forest school experiment two years ago, she had a pretty good idea it was going to be particularly helpful for the rowdy boys, who clearly need to run around more than the typical school day offers. The other part that we did not expect was that the kids who did who do really well academically, who are for whatever reason able to sit at a table and work on reading in, when they're five years old, who had not really ever met a challenge in their school life because of their disposition, got outside and had to deal with challenges. I asked her to give an example. I had a student who was just an angel. You know, you you wish your class was full of them because it would be so easy. And um, he got outside and there were some kids that were really good at climbing trees and he wanted to try so he gets in line and he's at the climbing tree and I kind of stand back I'm a little bit of a spotter and he's very tentative and not getting as high as his peers and I think he was a little surprised to not be meeting his peers ability and then he fell and got a bit scraped up I felt terrible I thought oh this poor guy he he failed he had he met a failure and he's sad and it's uncomfortable and it's, I sort of, my heart sort of, you know, had a tear for him. And then two weeks later, he said, I want to try the tree. And he went and he went to the tree and he got higher than he'd been before. And he was beaming. And I thought, oh, no, this is good. This is good. This is a kid who, who may have gone so far until he met challenge that he wouldn't have known what to do when he got there. But as a five-year-old, oh, there was something that was hard. I, I had not expected that the woods would offer those kids something, and it offers them something really important. From Principal Amos Kornfeld's point of view, the forest days have been a big success. Who says that kids have to be inside from, you know, a little before 8 in the morning to almost 3 in the afternoon? I mean, where did that, where is that written that that's the best way for a, a 5, 6, 7, 8, 9-year-old kid to learn? And what about... Um, Data. I mean, data matters. And so do you have any data to show that this is working? So what's, are we talking about attendance data, behavior data, um, reading data, what sort of data? Are you collecting any of that? The answer is no, not in any kind of systematic way. They thought about trying to set this up as a kind of research project, but it was too complicated to gather the kind of data that could potentially prove or disprove the value of forest days. 
Kornfeld says in the two years that Forest Kindergarten has been in place, behavior has been better, attendance has been better, and test scores have gone up. But is this because of time spent outdoors or because of the group of kids who happened to be in the kindergarten class that year, or some other set of factors at work in the school or the kids' lives? And frankly, Kornfeld is kind of fed up with measuring everything. I think we're a society, or a, not us in terms of schools, but it's being forced upon us to, as data is the answer to everything. And we're human, human beings, you can only measure so much. And so uh, it hasn't been a concern of mine. There is some data on the impact of forest school, much of it done by researchers in Europe. We're going to come back to that at the end of the podcast. But first, we're going to visit the sixth grade class we mentioned at the beginning. Forest kindergarten is one thing. Kids at that age are typically allowed to run around and play at least a little bit each day. But many sixth graders in public schools in the United States get no recess at all. And even though the academic expectations for kindergarten have ramped up in recent years, schools are under much more pressure when it comes to sixth grade test scores. So taking time out to spend one day a week in the woods with a class of sixth graders, that is actually a pretty radical idea in America today. But Jen Kramer, the sixth grade teacher at the Guilford Central School in Guilford, Vermont, wanted to try it. I have spent so many years here in this town with students who constantly are saying, I just want to go outside. And I have never been able to get them outside as much as I'd like to. But I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could do what those kindergartners are doing? So we started in September, and uh, we've been doing it pretty much every week. On our way. The sixth graders in Guilford do their forest day on Fridays, and it's not a full day. It's about three hours in the morning. As they walk out of the school, the principal and several teachers step out into the hall to say goodbye. Say hi to the woods for me. The adults left behind look a bit envious, but not everyone was all for this from the start. I'm Marianne Lawrence. I have a sixth grade boy in Ms. Kramer's class. Lawrence is a biologist, and she says her initial reaction was cool. She knows how great it feels to be outside. But as a mom, you think, wait a minute, shouldn't, you know, they're missing half a day of school. You know, this is crazy. And it, it probably took a month or so of hearing our son talk about the experience and what they were doing and see the excitement in their, his eyes and asking the questions and coming home and wanting to Google something because he learned about it at Forest Fridays. Um, you, you begin to soften to the idea, and then when you hear Ms. Kramer tell you about the things your kid is doing, it all begins to come together, and pretty soon you begin to say, wow, well, do you think I can come? <laughs> you know, why didn't they have that when I grew up? Lawrence is coming along for the first time to see Forest Friday for herself. It begins with a walk through town. It's about three-quarters of a mile to the edge of the woods. There the kids circle up in an old one-room schoolhouse, count up to make sure everyone has made it, and then they're off into the forest. All right, you ready? Jesse, Jesse. It's early April, what they call taint season here in Vermont. It taint winter and it taint spring, and there's still plenty of snow on the ground. This was an unusually harsh winter, even by New England standards, but these kids still went out. How did you guys do this when there was, like, so much snow? Uh, we used snowshoes one week, but other than that, we just bundled right up in our winter gear and hiked out here. This is Ben Brewer. He's a special ed teacher. Close to a third of the students in this class are on some sort of special education plan, or IEP. Brewer says Forest Fridays have been especially great for them. Our three up in front are all guys who are on IEPs, and they like to get there first and come out last, and... 
if you have any questions, those are the guys to ask when we're here, so. It's pretty amazing. The girls are pretty into Forest Fridays, too, when we get to their home site, which the students call Guilfort's. It's like Guilford, but instead of Guilford, we said Guilfort's because the forts. Two girls take me to see the fort they built with their clan. The class is divided into four clans, the coyotes, the black bears, the moose, and the bald eagles. Each clan has spent all winter building an elaborate fort up on a steep hill. And each clan has designed a special set of markings that they paint onto their face using the charcoal from last week's okay. fire. Um, all right, so let's get in your clans and do your paint, and then you're free to do whatever you want. I was expecting Forrest's sixth grade to be a little less about unstructured free playtime than Forrest's kindergarten was. I was expecting some version of lessons in the woods, a science class in nature, for example, or writing poems about the light or the sounds. No, at the beginning I thought that I would do that. I was thinking, okay, today we'll bring clipboards and we'll measure the width of the brook and we'll try to figure out how fast it's flowing. But I realized that when I was watching them that this was, there was something really important happening here that I wasn't. Uh, providing as much structure, that I was letting them do what they needed to do. And it's not just play. It's something different, and I'm still not really sure what that is. There are a whole bunch of things that need to be done out here at Guilfort's. They need a shelter to protect their firewood from the coming spring rain. A group of girls is doing that. There's a puddle in their fire pit from the snowmelt this week, so they have to figure out how they're going to get a flame going. Their solution is laying down a bed of bark and stacking firewood on top. Perhaps the biggest task they face right now is building a bridge over the brook that cuts through Guilfort's. In the fall, they relied on an old log, but that washed away. The cold winter provided an ice bridge that is still hanging on, but will probably be gone by next week. So a dad, Will Wonis, who's a carpenter, has come along today to help the kids figure out how to design and construct a bridge. They're going to use only what they can find in the woods. No nails, no lumber from the store. So all you need is like an axe and some knives or something. Well, we'll use a chainsaw. We're going to cheat. The kids are given the chance to do all kinds of things out here that they wouldn't typically be allowed to do at school, like throw snowballs and use knives to whittle sticks. Mini knife, large knife, giant knife. Kids are whittling sticks to use for cooking bread over the fire. Mr. Wonis is supervising. Cut away from yourself. Holy crap, that's a nice Most of the kids whittling are sitting together on a large log. But a student named Jacob is standing apart on a big rock overlooking the brook. I like coming out here because we're free. So how does it compare to how you feel about regular school? It's just more fun. We get to do more things than we normally would in school because I've never done anything like this before. I like being outside. It's nice. And then what is it like when you go back to school at the end of the day here? You have to go do some regular sort of school stuff, right? Boring. So next year you're going to go to seventh grade. You're not going to be able to do this anymore. No, but might as well enjoy it while it lasts. So I do. Next year, when Jacob and his classmates go to middle school, not only will they not have Forest Friday, they won't even have recess. Number one. Two. The kids are circling up by the fire. 
Each student has been assigned a number so Ms. Kramer can quickly call out and make sure everyone is accounted for. They go around the circle and talk about one thing they did today that was fun. One girl enjoyed making a swing from a tree vine. Another says it felt good to make the firewood shelter. And everything feels better in the woods. <laughs> like everything. Like that seems to be the collective sentiment. Everything feels better out in the woods. Back in the classroom, the mood is a bit different. Okay, guess what it's time for? Lydia. No. No, no, it's time for uh, your oh, daily no. practice checkup. No. Oh. <laughs> it's time for a math quiz. Jacob, the kid who was whittling by the brook, is sitting at his desk with his hands clasped together, as if he's praying. Yep, what are you praying for? To make this go fast. It's probably not fair to compare a morning in the woods to a math test. Of course most kids are going to prefer the woods. But even though these kids are resisting this test, Jen Kramer believes they're doing better academically because of the time they spend outside. We work really, really hard in this class to do a lot of writing and a lot of math and to learn about history and to learn about science. Um, this Forest Friday is this piece that allows us to come together and to make it possible to do our best learning. Why? Well, I think there's this idea of thinking about the whole student, the whole child. And this allows, it brings a balance into their day and in, into their week. One group that appears to be very happy about Forest Fridays is parents. I just finished another round of teacher conferences, and every single parent, I'm hoping they're going to say, yes, she, she's gotten so turned on to math this year, or all those wonderful writing pieces you're doing. But what I'm hearing is... Well, he loves Forest Friday. And I think all of the parents, well, parents want their kids to be happy. And the kids are coming home, and they're talking about Forest Friday. And so it's, it's, uh, it's making them like sixth grade. And don't we all want our kids to enjoy school? The principal, John Gagnon, had some reservations about this Forest Friday idea at first. But he's become a big supporter. And he says there's been dramatic improvement in sixth grade test scores. And that is not completely because of Forest Friday, but I believe that because of this high level of engagement, this renewed sense of school can be an energizing, exciting place to be, that is shown in their academics. Research in Europe shows that forest schools have a lot of benefits. Lower absenteeism, less frequency of infectious diseases, better physical development, this is David Sobel, a professor at Antioch University, New England, who studies children and nature. He says there is also research that shows outdoor education promotes vocabulary. Nature play tends to evoke more fantasy play. Fantasy play tends to invoke a wider range of language use and so greater vocabulary development. There's also research that shows that being outside makes kids and adults happy. But there's not definitive data that shows being outside causes test scores to go up. Sobel is trying to collect the kind of data that might show a link. But back at the Ottaquichi School in Vermont, Forest Kindergarten teacher Meg Teachout says she and her colleagues did not set out to prove that Forest Days would increase test scores. What we set out to prove was that if we take one full academic day outside, the kids will not backslide. So when we applied for grants and when we, you know, talked to administrators, we said, this is our goal. We want to prove that, you know, we're not going to lose anything by taking, taking away a day of inside time. And they didn't. Test scores went up 
not down. And anecdotally, like we could just see that kids were happier and the kids who were having trouble reading inside would spend that day outside, feel like a leader, and then come inside and you could just you could see their confidence rise and you could see that they were more brave and they were more willing to take risks. Anecdotal evidence isn't enough to change education policy and get schools writ large to adopt something like forest days. But anecdotal evidence is what convinces teachers and principals and parents who see the effect that forest days are having on their kids. And even if there were hundreds of studies showing that getting out into nature would improve academic performance, there would still be plenty of hurdles. For example, most schools aren't surrounded by acres of forest like the schools in Vermont. I asked sixth grade teacher Jen Kramer about this. Well, every school has an outside. <laughs> you can always walk out the front door and whatever it is, it's it's your place to explore. So I could see doing this in an urban setting too. And I, obviously I understand when you have 45 minute periods and you have several thousand students in your school, it's more difficult. But I, I don't think you should ever say that something like this can't be made possible in bigger settings. Forest teacher Meg Teachout believes fear is what prevents or would prevent a lot of teachers from trying something like Forest Mondays. I think it's a fear that like the district is not going to let you do it and the administration is not going to let you do it and that once you get out there the kids are going to be too cold and it's not going to work. And so what I try to offer is like we tried it and it wasn't a failure. So like try it. What's the worst that can happen? If you fail, you fail. And that's a great example for the kids. Like what, you know, what are we as teachers if we're afraid that trying new things is going to end up in failure so we don't. Teach Out and her colleague Eliza Minucci have been spending a lot of time during their maternity leaves fielding calls from other teachers who have heard about the forest days. I get a call or two a week from teachers in private schools and public schools who have heard about what we do and want to do it themselves. So we are hoping that we can support other teachers who want to do this as well. I hope that we get the chance to do that and, and see more forest days springing up in public schools and and have the idea catch on as possible and and maybe one day have it be not unusual but have it be part of the fabric of school that some days are outside and that that's a place to learn and that it's valuable to have time outside with students. That was Eliza Minucci, the kindergarten teacher in Queechee, Vermont, who started forest days with her class. Our correspondent Emily Hanford is here with me. What did you take away from your reporting on this story? One thing is that I can't get through a day of work without taking a break, getting outside, going for a quick walk. It amazes me that so many school kids have to sit all day without getting that same kind of break. I think we sometimes expect things of kids in school that we don't necessarily expect from adults. I think it's important in all kinds of ways to look at the typical school day through the lens of, would I want to do that? What would be the best way for me to learn? Hmm. One of the things that struck me in this piece is that there are very few rules for the students outside in the woods. Uh, They're supposed to be safe, take care of yourself, that kind of thing. Those are basically what the rules are, though, right? Yeah. And the kids get to do things like use knives and cook over a fire and go sledding and throw snowballs, all things that would never be allowed in most schools. I asked the sixth grade teacher, Jen Kramer, about this, and she said behavior is much better in the woods where there are fewer rules than in the classroom where there are so many. There are lots and lots of rules in schools. That's one of the first things we teach kids when they enter school. Here are the rules. Follow them. 
Ms. Kramer says one of the reasons she thinks her kids behave better in the woods is that they are being given more responsibility. Rather than a list of rules they might break, there's a general expectation that students are going to make the decisions they need to stay safe. And Kramer says the students are so grateful for the chance to be outdoors that they don't want to mess it up by doing something stupid. So they don't. And these kids really do sound happy to be out there bushwhacking around in the woods. They, they really were happy. That was very clear. And I don't think there's a very strong idea, in the United States anyway, that school or education is supposed to make people happy. It's kind of like maybe this is a nice side benefit that kids like school, but it's not really the goal. You know, the goal is learning. But learning, really learning something new and learning it well and learning it deeply, that does make people happy. Maybe we need to be thinking about that more. What are the conditions that make learning a happy and healthy experience? And I think going out into nature is one way to do that. Thank you, Emily. That's American Radio Works education correspondent Emily Hanford. You can see photos from the Forest Days on our website. And in fact, the photos you'll see from Forest Kindergarten were all taken by my teenage son, who came along with me on the trip and who hasn't had recess since he was in fifth grade. (laughs) Did he like the woods? He loved it. It was kind of cold, though, (laughs) I have to say. You can see his photos at our website, AmericanRadioWorks.org. You can also find a link to the documentary film about the forest school in Switzerland that we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, as well as a link to the blog post that the forest kindergarten class wrote about their day in the woods when Emily and her son Chas visited. Emily's report on the forest school is part of an upcoming documentary about something called Expeditionary Learning, which you will find on our website in September. That's AmericanRadioWorks.org. We're also on Facebook at American.RadioWorks and on Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from Lumina Foundation, the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, the Spencer Foundation, and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM, American Public Media.